Now, uh, we, uh, we have said this already. We want to just go back over a couple things here. We have about eight or nine different steps to the covenant, and I'm kind of jumping around at the Lord's instruction and what I sense in my heart to do. And we're about halfway through this series, probably got another maybe this morning and maybe two more. Maybe it just depends on how I end up teaching it. But a few more lessons on this subject of covenant. And this could be one of the most important ones. Turn to Psalm 105 with me. And I want to talk to you today about the covenant terms and uh, what they would do in that covenant, Psalm 105, and the importance of the Word of God. Some people say, well, you know, I don't like that you use so many scriptures. Well, you, you could go somewhere else or you could do something else or... I mean, I've had them sleep through my services before. You, you know, praise God. But uh, I think the Word's real important. And so I don't want to give up that. I want to stay with that. Somebody said, well, now, Pastor, I was with you in Lagodi. You think that'll happen here this morning? I doubt it. It could, but that's not why I'm here this morning. I'm here talking about covenants, a different, different flow. Uh, we're willing to yield to the Holy Ghost if He wants to move us in a certain way. But you see, if we get a hold of covenant, your whole life will so be revolutionized. A lot of people, don't even, they don't even know how to spell covenant, much less what it means. You know, when you got saved, you got born again, you got into a covenant. Now, maybe you didn't, I didn't understand that. I just knew I was born again, but I didn't know covenant. What's covenant? And then, you know, the preacher would get up and he'd talk a little bit about the blood of Jesus, never mention much about the bread because he didn't teach about it. Now, I'm teaching that on Tuesday nights, you know, right now, why people are, why Christians are sick. They're sick because they don't discern the Lord's body. That's number one. There's other problems, and we'll talk to that things when we get to it. But we, we, if we understand covenant, then it, it, the covenant will, will get every area of your life in order. And it takes time. It takes diligence. People have to be willing to be taught. People have to be willing not only to be taught, but to do what they're taught. See, I was willing to leave my denomination because I realized just from my study of the Bible, this 30 years ago or more, there's a lot more in it than what they're telling me. And the people that I asked who were supposed to be in the know didn't have satisfactory answers for me. And I was just a green young preacher then. And some of them were in their 80s. It don't matter how old you are or how young you are. It matters whether you have sense or not, biblical sense or not. And a lot of them didn't. They just didn't know it or they ignored it. They just Somebody else taught them. They took their word for it. I don't take anybody's word for nothing except God. And you might tell me something. I'll smile at you real big. Okay, praise God, yeah. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see about that. I've had a lot of people tell me a lot of things for a long time. And that's part of the reason when you come to the Word of God, you're not ready for it. What I mean by that is you're not ready mentally and emotionally and spiritually to grasp, but this is God Almighty talking to you. It's not like somebody that told you there was an Easter bunny, and when you got 20, you figured figured out there's no Easter bunny. (laughs) Somebody told you there was a Santa Claus, and you figured it out by eight. When you saw dad getting the bike out of the trunk of the car. And he wasn't dressed like a fat guy with a suit on, you know. See, we're just, we're, 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 we've been confronted with unbelief and liars and covenant breakers our whole life. And I don't mean that to sound rude or crude, but the truth is, 
when you tell a lie, whether you think you told it for the right reason or not, it's still a lie. <laughs> and that affects your heart when people lie to you and your inability to, to embrace truth when it comes at you sometimes. So I'm not putting anybody down. I'm trying to help you to see when you read your Bible, it should be a whole different thing than a human talking to you about anything. I mean, some of you, you've been to doctors, and, and of course, you know, I tell you this if you're paying attention. You know, well, they said I had cancer and 14 organs. I said, I'd get a second opinion, maybe a third opinion. Secondly, or you could just take my opinion. We'll lay hands on you and God will heal you. How about that? You know, but see, sometimes, and that can just so derail you mentally because you respect doctors, you respect what they do, I do, and they're telling you what they see on the x-rays or the MRIs or the whatever eyes or the... You know, whatever they do. Take blood, take this, take that. And they check it all and they say, well, you got this and you got that and you got this and the other and it's a good percentage. And then, you know, later on you realize, well, you know what? They didn't know what they were talking about. Or maybe they did know at the moment, but God intervened and turned it all around. All of a sudden there's nothing there to deal with that was going to hurt you or kill you or disable you. You know, we got, see, God says, by my stripes ye were healed. Now, it takes time to teach people all that, but I'm, I'm trying to help you to see the importance that when you approach the Word of God, that it's, that's what it is, the Word of God. It's not Michael's Word. It's my Word because I make it personal, but it's not my Word. Doesn't, I'm not the author of it. They say, I don't, I don't agree with Pastor Jacobs. Well, you just said you didn't agree with God normally because unless I've told you that's my opinion, that'd be different if I said, well, this is what I think about it. Then, and if I say that, I'll preface it with that, then you could say, well, I don't agree with you, and that's fine. But when you say you don't agree, <laughs> like a lady used to come to church here, bless her darling heart and stupid head, an adult lady, probably over 50 years old when she challenged me about this 25 years ago, and said, you know, I just don't agree with what you taught about words and angels. And I said, well, you, what kind of Bible you got? King James. I said, well, open it up. That's what I got. Let's read that verse again, you know, out of Daniel. And it says, the angel said, I'm, I'm here because of your words. And she said, yeah, I know that's what it says, but I don't agree with that. I said, well, you don't, not, don't agree with me. You don't agree with God. Yeah. I can't help you, lady. Yeah. You want to be in unbelief. Yeah. And she kept not believing it. And a lot of other things she quit believing, and that's why she's not here today. <laughs> this is a believing church. At least I know I'm believing. I'm not sure about something. But anyway, I know I'm believing. <laughs> no, I'm learning to believe, and I am a believer. That's what I am. That's what you should think. You're a believer. This is easy because you're a believer, and this is believer's food. This is believer's food. You know, if you're a fish in a tank and we throw in fish food, you're not going to say, I don't know if I like that or not. You're going to go for it because you're a fish and it's fish food. Well, you're a believer and it's a believer's food. Hallelujah. Maybe you don't agree with what you previously thought. Maybe it, maybe it runs cross-grain to what your daddy said or some preacher said or some uh, theologian supposedly wrote that had a Ph.D. or a T.H.D. or a L.I.T.T. doctor of literature and all that anyway you don't need to be hooked on phonics you need to be hooked on Jesus phonics has it placed but you know that don't make you believe God any better alright verse 8 
of Psalm 105. It says, He hath remembered, this is talking about God, He hath remembered His covenant and remembers the covenant word. It's not like He thought, Oh, yeah, what did I say? What did I say? Anybody write that down? No, God's got it wrote down. He has it written down, but He is, he is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he says he's remembered his covenant forever. He's trying to get a thought over to us. When you go to this book, he's already there. And then he says he remembered his covenant forever, the word. So we'd like to say it this way. The word is the covenant. And the covenant is his word, which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac and confirmed the same to Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant saying unto thee will I give now I like this because whenever you see Abraham in the scriptures always pay attention because that has something to do with you indirectly or directly are you listening to me so he says he has remembered his covenant how long you think it worked in 2010 think it worked in 2015 yeah and it'll work forever forever you need to realize that the Word will work forever because He's behind His Word. Amen. He is the Word. And He's behind this. And He's constantly in remembrance of His covenant. This is why this is so important. Now let's go to Galatians here in thinking about uh, the covenant He made and Abraham. Galatians 3, I'd like you to see something kind of startling first time I saw it. I didn't realize it until I, I began to meditate on it a little bit how significant it was that the Word has such a, a place in our life and should have and that God is a covenant keeping God we're talking about the terms of the covenant and the fact that everything was written down when you made covenant and they agreed that this is the way the covenant was going to function and this is what was going to happen and so forth but I wanted you to see something about Abraham just a minute this is interesting Galatians 3 and 8 and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen well that was me through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham. Isn't that interesting? God preached the gospel to Abraham. I didn't think we had the gospel until Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then maybe Romans tells us about the gospel. It's the power of God. Really, the gospel would be over in the new covenant for us. But this is what I see. The words of the covenant in God's thinking was the gospel. It was the power of God to Abraham. How many are listening to me? He preached the gospel unto Abraham. God did it. God personally preached the gospel. <laughs> and then we go on to verse 29, the same chapter. There's a lot more in between that, but I haven't got time today. In verse 29, and if you be Christ, that's us that belong to Jesus Christ, born again, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, the promise that God made Abraham to do certain things and so forth. I'm going to bless you, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed, and so forth. But if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed because of the promise. Because the promise and the covenant. See, you know, God said to him, you're going to have a seed of your own loins. And that was the thing, you know, that threw him at first, Abraham. When he said, I want to make covenant with you, he said, well, I don't have any lineage here. I, I mean, if I'm going to make covenant, I want it to go on to my children and children's children, etc. Of course... I just read it to you. It was a thousand generation covenant. Isn't that right? Psalm 105. Yeah, I didn't know if I read all through there. but And he said, well, you'll have one. 
you'll have a child out of your own. You and Sarah will have one, not you and Hagar. I'm adding that in. You know, people get frustrated and try to create something without God's blessing sometimes, don't they? And that's why we got all that problems in the Middle East, and it's going to be with us until Jesus comes back. <laughs> uh, you can get forgiven for messing up, but sometimes you'll pay a consequence for it. Hallelujah. We're talking here about covenant now. But see, here's the point. Abraham finally had that promised seed, that supernatural seed. You know, when a woman's 99, she's not having periods. Let's just cut to the chase here. See, not having eggs in there. But somehow she had one. And here came Isaac. And then God said, okay, I want your boy. You take him up on that mountain. You sacrifice him for this covenant. Now Abraham, you've got to understand Abraham, he just a cut above most people. And they're going up the hill. His boy's 18, he's about 118. Now you'd think, you know, an 18-year-old strapping kid could take a 118-year-old old man unless the man was a covenant man. Yeah. They're going up the hill and said, well, there, where's the, I got the wood on my back, Dad, and stuff, but where's the sacrifice? And he said, the Lord will provide. He went up there and he drew the knife and the angel stopped him. You remember that? And said, Don't, there's a, something caught over here in the thicket. Go get that animal, slay it instead of the boy. But it said God considered it as a done deal because he was ready to do it in the intent of his heart. I'm going to obey God at all costs. And he believed God. It says in the New Testament that God would raise him from the dead if he did kill him. Now the only reason for I'm telling you all that is to say that later Jesus went up on that same mountain and gave his life. God gave His only begotten. At that time, He's not the only begotten today because we've been begotten. But at that time, He was the promised seed. Jesus. Right? And then what it says in Genesis, I'm going to send one, the seed of the woman. It's going to destroy your lordship, told the devil that. He was on horse volume all those years. No wonder he's a nervous wreck. He's intimidated by all of us if we just knew it and rised up in it. Put him under our feet. Say, get down there. That's where you belong. You're my footstool. Get down here. Shape up here. Remember down. Got a covenant with God and, and a lot of different things happened. You know, just like it fell dark when Abraham cut the covenant with God. We already studied this if you're paying attention to me. Genesis 15. Fell dark when they put Jesus on the cross too. See, there's correlations here. Because Abraham was in covenant with God and could be trusted to offer up his only begotten that was the promised seed. God, down through time, could take his son, put him on the cross, and not hold back, but actually kill him for mankind. See, covenant person did his part in the covenant. The covenant partner was going to do his part in the covenant. Praise God. I'd say Abraham's pretty important to us. You get there, you ought to shake his hand. <laughs> I know you want to see Jesus like that song. I want to see Jesus. You know, something. Excuse me for hurting your ears. Let's go to Matthew 4 and 4. I want to see Jesus too, but I just am thrilled I'm going to heaven. Of course I want to see Jesus. Matthew 4 and 4. Look at, look at what Jesus said here. We're talking about this is a 
giving covenant terms and we write it all out and we agree on it, all my assets becomes my covenant partners and all my liabilities become my covenant partners. See? That's important to understand. We get married, you know. One of my pastor friends said he's having all his young couples get police background checks on them and a credit report. I know you're silent about it, but people marry people, got bad credit, and then they can't do anything. Got a lot of problems, but nobody brought that up. Marriage counseling, you know. You get mad at me if you come or your kids comes and I say, do you have a job? Well, no, but you want to get married. Yeah. Real excited about it. You get mad that I have to try to straighten out that mentality not much of one at all see when you get in covenant you you bring all your assets and you bring all your liabilities that's true and you that becomes part of the covenant deal hallelujah here it says in matthew 4 and 4 jesus dealing with the devil it is written man shall not live by bread alone or physical substance sustenance but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of god now, in our context that we're talking about, we're New Covenant people, so that ought to take the premium on where we're looking over in this New Covenant. But nonetheless, what I'm trying to show you is Jesus put the uh, uh, premium on the every word of God that comes out of His mouth. Hallelujah. So these words are so important to us because that we're talking about a covenant would be read between these two partners or two people. And in fact, that's what we do when we do weddings. We read out of the Scriptures. You take this wife, you take this woman, you take this man, you're going to submit, you're going to love and cherish and, you know, flow together. Yes, sir. Amen. Then eight years later, there's no flow. Somebody quit flowing. Somebody quit loving. Somebody quit something. I'm just talking truth here. Same for church membership. People come in here, oh, this is great. I never heard anything like this. And I know you haven't, some of you. But that's all right. We're still going to teach it. And if you'll stay, we'll help teach more to you and get you up to snuff. But then some people just, they're coming with wrong agendas, wrong motives, wrong everything sometimes. But now we'll take you as you are and fix you up if you'll let us. Because we take with all your liabilities, but we won't leave you like you are. We don't have a sign out here, come as you are. You can come as you are, but you're going to leave different if you're listening. I got a personal guarantee in here in the new covenant. You're being changed from glory to glory. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to me, if you sleep through the sermon and text somebody and thinking about something you shouldn't be thinking about, then I can't help you, neither can God. Because he put me here to minister to you. But we're talking here about how when you come together, see, we, 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 this is why we put such uh, importance on the word of God. Things were read in, in front of these two parties that represented the covenant. Or things are read when we do marriage is a similar type thing. Because he said if you can discern the, the, the relationship between Christ and his body, you discern the relationship between a man and his wife. See the similarities here. All right, let's go over here to Hebrews. Oh, praise God for Hebrews, chapter 6. I, I'm getting into some things here, and i got plenty of time to do it. Chapter 6 of Hebrews here, let's look at something here. Remember I said earlier, when you hear the word swear, you hear the word oath, you hear the word promises, 
These are important words to think about in terms of your covenant with God. The problem becomes sometimes is how you and I grew up. How many people lied to us about whatever they said to us and didn't come through. Sometimes maybe it's the way that we're thinking right now because of the way we grew up. Sometimes there's past experiences that you really were sincere about and meant to keep your word, but you didn't. And other people that you respected or loved or cared about didn't. And that affects you if you're not thinking right because you're in a covenant with God and He's not like humans. He doesn't say one thing and do a different. He doesn't say one thing. Say, well, I, I, don't, like, I don't like the way you look today. I'm going to quit being God to you. I'm disgusted when I saw what you did and I'm not going to be a God to you. See, He doesn't do you like that. I learned that from Him. I committed to be a husband to this woman. I didn't say it was always easy. Not because of her. <laughs> now, honey, this is my turn. You get a turn later. No, I'm serious. I mean, you know, we don't live in some plastic bubble where we never have challenges. And you're not going to act like you've never had challenges either and convince me. So I don't care how smiley you look and keep your arm around your wife and all that kind of deal. You, you just have challenges in life. You have it because the devil's going to see to it you have. You don't have to believe for those. They just come automatically with it. Anything you ever commit to, you're going to have challenges because the devil's a quitter. And that's what he puts in people to quit. When things get tough, I don't like this no more. I'm not having no fun no more. I'm not getting my way no more. I'm not doing this no more. I'm not going to church. I, Pastor Jacobs has offended me for the last time. I love you, darling, but if you're going to be offended, uh, you, you know, just stick around. I'll offend you sometime or another. Not on purpose, but the Word is what's going to do it. I'm not personally doing it. Don't take it personal. Take it, though, that God's trying to help you. See? But we got quitters by the dozen. I mean, the marriage, the divorce rate's way up right now. And then, and then all the people that have loose marriages, I'll call it. It's not really too good. It's not terrible. It's just not any good. You know, just something needs to be reinforced. Something needs to be rethought. Something needs to be redone. Something needs to get, we need to get into covenant mentality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And commit the things that we need to commit to because this is important, see. You and I are in covenant with Almighty God and He's your Father and He will never lie to you. He's never lied to me like people have. He, he, when He says He's going to stand by me, He stands by me. He stands with me. He stands in me. See, I, every time I read the word stand in the Bible, I'm standing in the blood. Or I go back in my mind and imagine me on this side of humanity and there's Jesus standing in the blood with the Father making covenant for me. And they're not going to break that covenant. All I got to do is just get in agreement with it and walk in it and walk in His ways. What kind of ways? Walking in that blood. You know, back when they slaughtered the animals and made covenant, believe me, baby, if you walked in the blood, the entrails and all the bowels and everything else, and I hope I'm making it graphic enough, you're going to smell something, you're going to feel something, you're going to look at your covenant partner, and may God do so to me if I violate this covenant. Bless God, you're going to be serious about it, or you just got to get out of it. 
Something marks you. People want to get married for all the wrong reasons sometimes. People want to join the church for the wrong reasons. We're in covenant with Almighty God. God wants to take your life and change it and make you something you've never been before. He wants to take you places you've never been before. He wants to take you places you never dreamed you could conquer before. People come to church struggling with smoking after 15, 20 years or porno or some other kind of crazy thing. Man, God wants to give you conquering ability. Conquer stuff. Your money, your mind, your body, everything about you can be revolutionized with this covenant. This covenant is more powerful than I can tell you in words. I'm doing my best, but I mean, <laughs> you know, God help me. I mean, I'm in covenant with God. You know, I, we come to Him, and, and, and He, I'm going to read out of Hebrews 6 in just a minute, but the Bible says in, Gen, I think it's Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's the guy I'm in covenant with. <laughs> you know, you watch TV, Warren Buffett seems pretty impressive. Bill Gates seems pretty impressive financially. But when you, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and He's my covenant Father, I mean, but it isn't about me being covetous. It isn't about me being greedy. It's about the fact that I have confidence He's going to help me. It's going to help us, Donna. It's going to help all of us do the things that we're called to do. Accomplish the things God's given us in our lifetime to accomplish. The Bible says the beast are his, the cattle are his. A couple ribeyes and T-bones, fillets in there. Little filetes, McNons on. <laughs> I know it's not pronounced that way, but I like to do that. The Bible says in Haggai 2 and 8, and I'm going to read out of Hebrews in a minute, it says Haggai 2, 8 and 9, the silver is his, the gold is his. Now, we're not robbing people. We're talking about God's wealth. The silver is his, the wealth, in other words. That's what he's trying to get... God can get it to us if He can get it through us. But He doesn't want us to accumulate a bunch of stuff and just hoard up a bunch of stuff and, and never care about humanity and never care about other people in need and do, do what we need to do. See what I'm saying? Hallelujah. We, we have obtained an inheritance, and it's powerful. Says we're in covenant with Almighty God. And these are the terms. And I want to read this to you because it's so impressive here. It marks me. In Hebrews 6, verse 13, when God made promise to Abraham, think about that. God made a promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, well, blessing will I bless thee, and multiplying will I multiply thee. Now remember, he's making that with Abraham, but that includes us. Because we just read a minute ago in the book of Galatians that if you're Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is it right here. So he's saying to me and you today, blessing, I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply you, Michael. Praise God. And so, verse 15, after he had patiently endured, it's talking about Abraham, he, he, patient, he was patient about it, and what God brought him into, it took some time, he obtained the promise. 
For men verily swear by the greater. You know, you go into court today or you watch a court case on TV. I, I was watching Judge Hatchett the other day. Boy, she, I liked her. Well, she shut some people down right away in that court. Talking smart. I'm not talking to you. Shut up. <laughs> Praise God. Get him, Judge. And if you don't, I'm going to have the sheriff here take you out. No, I mean, it, I like that. But here's my point. When you come in there, they got the Bible thing, you know, and you put your hand on the Bible. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. You swearing by somebody greater. But God was making promise to Abraham. Uh, he didn't have anybody greater to swear to. So he said, I swear by myself. In other words, if I ever disannul this covenant, may I explode and disintegrate and be no more God. That's, I mean, he's serious about this. Says, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, that's us, the immutability of his counsel or the, the unchangeableness of his word, confirmed it by an oath that by these two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might, it's impossible for God to lie. It's not that he's going to wake up someday and have a bad day and say, I'm just going to tell a little fib here. No, it's impossible for God to lie. God is truth. He doesn't just have truth. He is truth. He doesn't just have love. He is love. It's impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation. Let, let this get in you. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before you. What does he mean by all this two immutable things and stuff? I'm telling you, you could take a Pepsi and a, a salting cracker. and You could get and take those two things if you didn't have juice and the unleavened bread you know don't be so technical with me some of you get so technical you miss out on what God wants to do you can take a graham cracker and a, and a jigger of ketchup if you want I don't care if you believe God for that and you, these two immutable things got his body and his blood he ain't going to break this covenant that's my point to you and because we know he's not going to break covenant, we, all of us, whatever kind of situation you find yourself in, I don't care what it is, whatever you could come up with, it isn't greater than Jesus. Whatever you could ever think that something could happen, that somebody's going to tell you sometime, some way, somehow down the road is not stronger than this covenant. You ought to lay hold on this covenant and have great strength in it because it's your place of refuge. My God, I'm preaching to me good. For the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of our soul. I remember Brother Jacob. You know, I went with him. I called it a day from hell. I went to the oncologist and the, uh, I started to say gynecologist. That would be different. <laughs> wrong, wrongologist. The oncologist and the radiologist. And, uh, you know, God bless those doctors, but, they, you know, they, they didn't know. They, you know, see, they, they, they're doctors, but they're not theologians. And we had to stop them in, in, polite, in a polite but firm manner. I said, wait. And Jacob said, wait. And I said, listen now, listen, I'm the theologian. You're the physician. You're, we're here because we heard you're the best, and we'll listen to you if you want to talk to us about medical. But we do not believe, and I do not teach in this church, that God put anything at all like this on anybody for any reason. So 
Either you stop the theology talking that you think is right, or we'll just leave. It, it's your call. We are here, we respect you as a medical person, but you are not a theologian. I am. Understood? We clear? They didn't like it too much. They didn't, doctors don't like anybody that says anything to them. But anyway, we, we won't let that weird theology be spoken around us and all that kind of weirdness and stuff like that. You cannot find any scripture where God is putting sickness and disease on people. You might find some isolated place in the Old Testament that appears that way, but I've taught you better if you've been here to listen. That God is left without ability to stop it because of violation of the covenant. You violate the covenant, it's, there's a curse out here. Out there. It says we partake of the inheritance of the saints in light. You can't walk in darkness and walk in blessing. Well, I don't understand why I got this disease in my private parts. That's because you're loose. Period. Are you listening to me? We're not mad at you. You know, praise God, there's medicine and there's abstinence. And then if you're married to somebody, then just stay with them. Maybe they gave it to you. I don't know. Whatever. Just talking here. But that didn't happen in light. Whatever originally caused that. Anybody say amen to that? Amen. Not mad at anybody. Praise God. Believe God and He can clear it all up. <laughs> but anyway, we were at the, you know, I called today from hell. We listened to all they had to say and all the other had to say. And, you know, we finally got back to the car to go have dinner. And I said, well, you know, Jacob, this is the deal. If you want to cry about it, I'll cry with you. If you want to holler about it, I'll holler with you. But when it's all said and done... We're just going to pray and believe God. If you keep it in the arena of faith, you can beat it. If you let the devil pray with your mind, he's got you. So that's my advice. And he said, I, let's go have dinner. I said, all right. So we went and had dinner together. Me and my family and Brother Jacob came. We just believed God. He believed God. I believed God. Dr. Dufresne believed God. We all had a part in it. But God is the healer. Jesus is the healer. And they said, I was there when they said, you'll never have children. You could freeze your sperm, and that's the only alternative we can give you. With the time we shoot this stuff in you, it'll destroy your ability to do that. You'll never have seed that's worth anything, ever. Well, he's got two. Isn't that right? See, God, he, you know, what man says may be, but what God says is. And I was there when he said, I'm not interested in that. It'll be all right. Do what you got to do. So he went through all that treatment that they said would do this and do that. And uh, God brought him through that. Hallelujah. Which hope we have is an anchor of our soul, sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. In other words, your hope in God in this covenant, if you'll anchor your hope in the covenant, the covenant answer to your situation, it'll keep you steady. It'll keep you solid, keep you anchored. You know what an anchor is? You go out on a little boat and you throw an anchor over the side and it hits down in the mud. It's got a 12-foot line. 
Well, your boat in a, in a wave or a wind, it might run around in a circle a little bit or float 12 feet away, but it ain't going to float 20 if the anchor's big enough. It keeps you stable. It might get taunt, but it's still not going beyond that 12-foot radius. Isn't that right? Because an anchor will keep you there. Well, you anchor yourself in the Word of God. That's your hope. That's your, that's your ability to have stability. Anchor your mind in the Word of God. Anchor yourself in the things of God. Anchor yourself in the words of the covenant. Hallelujah. I'm telling you something else here. Let, let's go to Acts 26. I've just got a minute or two left, but I wanted to get over to something. I don't know if I'm going to get there or not, but Acts 26, I wanted you to see something here. Acts 26, verse uh, 17 and 18. And if I have time, I'll get to this other scripture. If not, we'll have to talk about it some other time or something. But Acts 26, verse 17 and 18. Delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of God unto, uh, power of Satan unto God that they may receive, now notice this, forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. In other words, he's telling this is your assignment to teach and preach the gospel that people might receive forgiveness of sins or cleansing of sins would be a better word there and an inheritance. In other words, the inheritance is the covenant that you have with God. And I want to read this again to you, that you may receive it. That you may receive it, not earn it, receive it. The Bible says in, in, in Hebrews 4, those that have believed do enter into rest. See, if, if Jacob hadn't believed, he couldn't have entered into rest. Now, I don't know personally because I wasn't with him 24-7. He could have had moments where he had to grab himself, you know, as we say, you know, in our thinking and say, no, we're anchored in this. We're going to believe this, and I'm going to say that, and I'm going to stay in this, and I'm going to believe God. I'm, going to, I'm committed to this. You're committed to it, Father. You're helping me. And that's what the word's for, to repeat the word in your thinking, repeat it with your mouth, and remind yourself of these things. Or maybe there was something in your life you went through and you had a scripture. I know many a time I went through things and God gave me a scripture to stand on and I stood on it. I know Psalm 110 says, Rule thou in the midst of your enemies. I had plenty of them right then, but I ruled. None of them were human. They were just spiritual forces. But I ruled in the middle of them. Wasn't easy, wasn't fun, wasn't pleasant, but I ruled anyway because God said rule in the midst of your enemies. 3 o'clock in the morning, standing by the stove at 297 Randolph Street, Charlestown, Indiana, is when God revealed that to me. Another time I was in the back room praying at a church, getting ready to preach, and, and uh, God said, I will stand with you tonight and strengthen you. Because I didn't have any strength I felt like to get up off my knees. And, and I got up and preached and had a great meeting. And I stood on that for a couple more years. Because of my strength was abated, was I mean was was not where it should be, and different things like that. But notice this: that they may receive the forgiveness of sins and an inheritance, and that is received by faith that's in Christ Jesus. 
See, when you got saved, he gave you his faith, and that faith in you allows you to tap into the covenant and the covenant promises and the covenant words, and you can do that. I said you can do that. This is the words of the covenant, especially the New Testament. You could find stuff in the Old Testament, nothing wrong with that, but make sure that you know you have that plus. This is, you know, I mean, I like that scripture in Deuteronomy 33, 25. As your day is, so shall your strength be. But I also like Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or 2 Corinthians 3, 5, and 6, that he's caused me to be an adequate minister of the new covenant. He's my sufficiency, my adequacy, my ability. I like Philippians 2, 13 from the Amplified. He's creating in me the power and the desire or let me rephrase that, the desire and the power to do His will. See, I stand on those daily. I stand on those off and on through the day sometimes. Remind myself, no, you said, just what you said, and I'm standing on that, Father, I believe for it. You know, you need to realize that life is life, and, and, and you're a part of it, and don't let it defeat you. Some of you were with me in the meeting up at, where did I just at, Lagodi on what night? Friday night. But you know, during that day, I was really, really ill. I really, really was sick. I was in a hotel room, and I was praying, and I mean, you know, I was believing God. Look what happened. My wife can tell you, the day before I, uh, the day I started up there, I had a lot of symptoms in my body. But we just said, well, praise God. We went and had lunch, and we blew our nose, and we prayed, uh, prayed to God, and we got in our room. We, took, we rested. We prayed. We listened to Dr. Dufresne and Brother Hagan, and, and, and we began to say, Father, you're the strength of my life. Now I'm committed to this meeting. You're committed in here with me, and you're going to have to help me now. And he did. Amen. If you were in that meeting, you know he did. And what an anointing came in there. It wasn't because I'm anything special, but he's special, and he, he gave me the ability to do what I did and flow with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up just a minute for, for a second here. It's 1 o'clock on the clock, and we're going to have to scoot in a minute, but I don't want to be uh, rushed too fast here. If there's somebody here today and you've never entered into the covenant with God, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is your moment. This is your time. And the Bible says now is the time of salvation. Somebody said, well, I don't think I could commit now. No, now is the time, the Bible says, of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. If that's you and you need to come forward, I'd like to pray with you to receive Jesus Christ and enter into this covenant and to know in your heart that you belong to Him. See, this is what it's all about, knowing that you belong to Him. Knowing you belong to Him. Is there anybody here today that needs that? Anybody here that would say, yes, I need that. I'm going to come pray with you. Just step out and come down here. If you're here today and that's, that's your desire, I'm just being sure. I'm just checking here because this is so important. This is the number one step. This is the first step to coming into the family or the covenant. Amen. Anybody at all, God's dealing with you. You want to be sure. You want to make that solid. You want to make that secure. The Bible says we, these things are written and the things I've been teaching are out of the written word that you may know that you have eternal life. Eternal life, it just means the life of God flowing into you, making you a new person. 
Eternal life means the quality of life that God has because He's in covenant with us, and if we receive Him, then that life will flow into us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only initially, but it'll continue to flow if you let it. You won't get in strife. You won't get in hatred. You won't get in unforgiveness. And, of course, we remind God of that. I'm in the hotel room. My Father, I've got to have some strength here. I need these symptoms to come off my body. I take authority over them in the name of Jesus. I stand on my covenant. I said, I don't have anybody right here with me at the second to lay hands on me, so I lay hands on myself. And I believe I receive from heaven your power into my body. Your power is working in me. Hallelujah. <coughs> Then I put on something to listen to that talked about healing and soundness and stuff like that. Took a little nap, woke up, praise God. Got dressed and came to the meeting. Man, the Lord just showed up big time. Just outstanding what he did. Praise God. Well, I guess nobody's coming for that invitation. Listen, we, we, we're just, we, we got some more to say about covenant. Don't, I pray that you've been encouraged about this. And hopefully you've taken some notes and write these scriptures down and go back and rehearse them in your own personal time. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This covenant is so broad and so full and so strong, so powerful. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing you could ever dream of that's outside this covenant. That's not available to you right now in that covenant. Hallelujah. Tap into it. Tap into it. Tap into it. How do you do that? Well, you get your Bible and you look up scriptures and you find the scriptures that pertain to you and you start confessing that and you start meditating on that, start thinking about that. God gave me a scripture at camp. I'm going to close with this. It says that we're kept by the power of God through faith resulting in our soundness. I reminded him of that scripture in that hotel room the other day. I said, now, you said I'm kept by the power of God through faith. If I did something wrong and brought this, I repent. I don't know what it would be right now, but, Lord, I need help. I'm committed to this meeting tonight, not because i got to look good, but you, I want you to look good. I want you to have your way up there. I want to be anointed, and I want to come in there full of power and your ability. So I'm asking you to help me. Hallelujah. And then, and then, you know, judge ourselves and things like that. But listen, you always judge yourself so that you can partake. You don't judge yourself to beat yourself up. Anybody listening to me? The covenant will work for you. It's, it's designed to work for you, not against you. Don't ever find yourself going against the covenant. Maybe you don't know something yet, but it's in there and you can find it out. You can know it. I say you can know it. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you.